Today, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes peek of what took place in the ultimate Lockdown NBA mock draft. Plus, we'll have Robert Ori in the last segment appearing on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We'll talk about all of that today on the Lockdown Hornets Podcast. You are Lockdown Hornets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way. Also, shout out to Rock Auto. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I'm Walker Mail. In case you don't know or if you're new to the podcast, I've been covering Charlotte sports for a while now. Doug is the founder of this podcast. If you haven't been able to tell that by some of the classic episodes that he's been airing on our 24-7 <laughs> live stream, how many hours consecutively has that thing been running now? Uh, more than 24. So it's a, we say it's a 24 <laughs> and it's still in trial mode. I just want to let everyone know who's mm -hmm. been, if you've been enjoying the live stream, I hope we can keep doing it. My computer is warmer than the hot take machine right now. So if it doesn't catch <laughs> on fire, burn up. it's really all Ugh. about the tech. If my ISP doesn't come knocking down on my door and saying you are moving too much data. If we get through like a few days, then I'll feel confident that we can continue to do it, but it's cool. We're, we're putting a lot of, Old episodes, we're putting the new episodes on there and uh, some chill beats. And uh, we're, we brought the lounge back for longtime listeners. We used to do this Which thing is. called the lounge where it was like a behind the scenes, the start of the show or the pre-start of the show where we just kind of chat about whatever and get ready. Uh, so we're putting that on the stream exclusively on that stream. So if you haven't checked it out, just go to the YouTube page. It's on the top. There you go. Yeah, people really like that. And Nada was good about that. When he was on the show, he would find some funny things we were talking about. Nada was sneaky with it, though, because yep. he would always be recording what I did not know. <laughs> to much people, I'm sure to people's surprise, you would actually tell me, hey, we're about to do this. We're about to be live and record. Are you ready? And finally, that allowed me to get into a maybe curse-free, slander-free zone. Um, but the, the, the lounge is live and well. And we appreciate everybody listening to it. Something that a lot of people over the years have grown to love. Uh, a lot of people also love mock drafts. Not as much as you. Well, you are the king of mock drafts. You love them. You look them up all the time. It's what you do in your spare time and you're not raising the baby. At the same time, you have to participate in quite a bit of them in the offseason for Locked On Podcast Networks, right? Whatever it's, whenever it's the ultimate one, which is what we're doing right now. Whether we do like some of these fun lottery mock drafts. We are doing the official one that is going to count towards our permanent record. I'm not going to reveal any selections like another host did on this Locked On Hornets podcast just Who? a couple of weeks ago for a Who different mock draft. Just somebody different. Um, you know, I just talked about Nada. It could have been him, but somebody else did that. Um, interesting discussion between us, Doug. So you texted me a lot trying to create some, cra uh, some chaos. Hey, some should chaos. we trade up? Yeah, some chaos, some chaos, crazy chaos, all of it. It, it is. I like that. I think some chaos actually has a, a nice ring to it. But we were trying to cause it. You really were wanting to possibly move up in the NBA draft to take a certain player. I don't know if we do we want to reveal that like at some I'm sure people kind of know how much can we reveal here, Doug? I don't want to reveal who anyone selected, but I'll tell you the rumors are, I won't confirm or deny these rumors, but the rumors yeah. are that the Locked On Hornets podcast 
is in intense discussions trying to move up to select Jalen Duren. Okay. And 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 I'll tell you, I like those rumors. I personally like those rumors because I'm really high on Jalen Duren. Uh, you know, explosive leaper, explosive shot blocker. Oh, not even 19 years old yet. So you're getting a young prospect, but you're getting a young prospect that could actually probably contribute pretty, if not immediately, within a couple of seasons. Uh, so I mean, I just think he would solve so much, and the ceiling is so high that I like. If 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 the Lockdown Hornets podcast is indeed trying to move up in this draft to take Jalen Duran, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, let's so let's talk about that process because I myself am high on. I, I think, by the way, we keep pronouncing his name differently. I think it's Duran. So I don't know if you, you want to keep going, Duran. Let's roll with that. Um, I'm very high on him too. He's got to be the pick if he's available. Even, I mean, I, I don't even know how he would be available at 13. Like, I think he's going to get close, but ultimately, I don't think he's going to last there. And I, he has to be the pick if that is the case. You also have to consider moving up for him and giving something up. Now, Doug, you and I kind of disagreed on how much you would be willing to move up and the spot in which to look to move up to go get him, right? Because do do we want to do we want to yes. talk about yeah, where you know we move? Forget it. I'm talking about right, we we've ahead. talked to the Portland Trail I need to stop Blazers. Asking those questions. Yeah. We talked to Locked On Blazers mm-hmm. and As a seventh we, pick, Seven. the seventh pick. Uh, so we can, I'll reveal that Duran has not been picked in the top seven and we had intense discussions and they, they wanted, you know, locked on blazers wanted a forward to replace Jeremy Grant. And so they offered the seven pick for PJ and the 13th pick and those, they have a trade. They have several trade. They have like a lot of trade exceptions. And so they could use one to absorb PJ salary. There would be no players coming back. No, no need for the Hornets to take on you know, years or salary in that instance. And um, I was a yes on that deal. You were a no. And we've agreed ins- in this stand very firm in that. Very we've agreed firm. in this, in this iteration of the mock draft that we, we had to both agree. We have to both agree on the deal. It can't be one forcing the other to take the deal. Um, so you vetoed that deal. Yeah, it was really the only one I think, Maybe we disagreed on some of it, but I disagreed with that. Moving up to seven, one, I think probably a little too far. I, I don't think that the Hornets, and I would un- understand this philosophy, I would understand them not wanting to move up to seven um, because it might take that. It might take 13 and PJ or something like that to move up you know, six spots. And I think I'm kind of waiting until you get to, so eight is New Orleans. Nine is San Antonio, and then you get to, I've got the NBA draft order right here, 10 is Washington, 11 is New York, 12 is Oklahoma City. And so I think if you get to that 9, 10, 11 range, right, maybe, so let's let's talk about nine. San Antonio, they have Jakob Pertl. Now, we talked about him kind of being on the market at the trade deadline last year. Ultimately, nothing ever occurred, and P.J. Washington was a part of some of those rumors. So if they decide that they're going to roll with Jakob Pertl, very similar situation to what Charlotte is within uh, P.J., right? That deal that the he signed. The bottom line is you don't yeah. want to give up. You, the, 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 where we differ is well, you don't want to give you. up P.J., and mm-hmm. I'm willing to deal P.J., whether it's 7, 8, 9, 10, you know, somewhere in that range, I'm willing to deal PJ because I feel even just like moving up three spots. You know, it's, it's if, not if about we, if, it's not it's not about the spots. It's not about the yeah, number. About You're thinking about this incorrectly. It's about Duran, who I feel like has the potential to be 
some number X times the player that PJ, we know what PJ Man. is and PJ has been very good, but, but he's not going to be a star. He's not, he has no star potential. Like, I just don't think so. he's going to be a very valuable role player for any team that he plays for, but that's it. And Jaren has yeah. the possibility of being a star. Yeah. Very valuable role player though. Right. Like, I don't know. It, to me, it sounds very contradictory when you say very valuable and then that's it. Finishing the sentence like, OK, for sure. Like P.J. Washington is going to be very valuable. He's not going to get that star money. And we're going to trade the only guy that defended at that kind of level. And then, goodness gracious, we're getting Jalen Duran, who is the youngest player in this NBA draft, who I'm also very high on and would be willing to trade up for. But I'm not getting rid of P.J. Washington on the hope. And look, you got to take risk, and I get that in some scenarios. But I'm not getting rid of a guy that good defensively, that good of a shooter, that impactful as a small ball center where the NBA has gravitated towards to move up six spots. And even if it's just, even if we're considering Jalen Duran as that guy too much for me now, 13 and 15, I would do it. You know, that, that was the counter that we had and then locked on blazers. Didn't want to do that. Understandably. No, I, I get it, but I'm not getting rid of PJ. Well, cause they said, and I, I'm going to, I'm just going to reveal the, the backroom talk because I think that's mm -hmm. the fun part of this. Mike Richmond, who hosts the locked on blazers podcast said they need adults. They do not need hope. Um, so they rejected the deal for 13 and 15. They really wanted, he really wanted um, PJ Washington and uh, I, he Smart also man. said, he also said, because I told him that you were the one I threw you under the bus completely. I <laughs> you really you did. Cause you texted me. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed and, that. and he said, well, tell Walker, uh, to, or remind Walker of this moment when, when Michael Jordan decides not to extend PJ Washington to go into the tax. And I think that is a really good point. Like when you've got, when you, if you sign, if you sign miles, to somewhere near the max. You've got Gordon Hayward still on the books. When this PJ Washington extension talks come up, they might, you know, it's really going to come down, I think, to whether or not this team wants to go into the tax assigned PJ Washington. So if PJ walks and they don't get anything for him, I think they'll regret not explore, I think will regret not exploring this option in this particular ultimate mock draft. Totally agree. That's why there are other ways to move off of salary. Trade Gordon Hayward. We'll see about Terry Rozier. <laughs> By the you way, know. I'll say we've already had some trade uh, discussions around Gordon Hayward in this ultimate mock draft. They're, they haven't panned out yet because we didn't like the package coming back. It was too, too many years, too much money for players that were just as questionable as uh, Gordon Hayward. And there ha we'll reveal those later. I want to save some juicy stuff for when we actually do this ultimate mock draft. Uh, but I can tell you uh, that trade talks fell through with New Orleans, and uh, we are in trade discussions. I'm waiting on a response from Locked On Spurs. Okay, I didn't so, know that, so I didn't realize that. Well, we were and in I haven't. Well, Spurs, and I'll tell so. you, we have, we don't have a deal on the table. I'm waiting on them to respond to tell me if they even want a deal. They may mm -hmm. just be like, I don't want a deal. But I, so I can I can slightly spoil the, uh, that that uh, Duran has not come off the board yet. We're in trade talks with the Locked On Spurs. Well, and you know San Antonio, they'll do something crazy, and they'll take somebody that's not even supposed to go there and like a Josh Primo last year. And so we'll see if, if he gets to 10, then 13, that's really fair. The 10th overall selection for 13 and 15, because at some point you have to think about that. Even if I understand you're considering the player, maybe you think Jalen deserves to go four, right? But also there is an argument to be made. It's very fair. 
for the 10th overall pick to go 13 and 15. Another point I want to make up real quickly is when you, you talk about the, you just want to make up this point just yeah just lie you can play just the speculation the no this is actually a fact though this isn't <laughs> speculation i'm not making it up one thing i do want to talk about is the charlotte hornets the amount of players that they have that aren't in the rotation that are some of these projects like they have to make decisions on these guys so when you talk about the core rotation players even you know gordon terry even guys that could be on the move cody martin Jalen mcdaniels even going down the list you also have Kai Jones, James Booknight. Where do they fit in this? JT Thor, 13, 15, 45. Nick Richards is still on the roster, which I have to imagine you're moving on from Nick Richards. But there are, are a lot of guys to consider, including these draft picks. And so you almost, <laughs> I mean, it would be nice for the Hornets to try to use both of those and just turn it into one player. So you don't, yeah. Yeah, because you can't play all of them. And that was another reason I would be very willing to move from 13 and 15, even though I always love more bites at the apple, 13 and 15 to go get a guy like Jalen Duran, who I'm also uh, really excited about as a prospect, just not It'll enough to get like rid it. of PJ, just not yeah. to get, not enough to get rid of PJ. Just want everyone you know? to understand that this is the reason we don't have nice things on this show is that Walker is obstinate about uh, moving PJ Washington. I do, PJ I do also want to nice say, thing. I do also want to say that I'm wearing the locked on polo because I'm trying to class it up a little bit because we're in the war room right now. We're trying to get a deal done. I want to make sure that everybody, all those other podcasts out there, the locked on Spurs, I'm shouting you out right now. Do you see I'm, I'm professional? I'm ready to go. But I also got the draft cap on. Um, so I'm representing <laughs> yeah. the draft as well. Uh, we got some comments too, Walker, on the on the other side of this, uh, this pause. We're going to take. Uh, I want to take some of these comments because we are broadcasting this live on our 24-7 stream. So if you haven't checked that out, do that. All right, let's talk about more Jalen Duran stuff coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll also get to your comments, and the Charlotte Hornets hosted another workout yesterday at the Spectrum Center. There actually was a prospect there that could go maybe 13 and very likely could go at 15 for the Charlotte Hornets. So stay tuned, and we'll give you some video and some sound bites from that player. As I mentioned, we appreciate Rock Auto for sponsoring this episode. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore save time and money when using rock auto so you don't have to choose to spend up to even a hundred percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership rock auto prices are reliably low for every single customer go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you they have an amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com we'll talk more nba draft we have video and sound bites We'll get to your comments coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is Locked on Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is oh, his name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. <laughs> he play, Matt he Thomas. Didn't play at all. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas <laughs> served me in an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, before we get to some of the comments, I have another message for you. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Ooh, Whoa. take our audience survey go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey 
we always appreciate the help. Let's get to some of those comments right now, Doug. What do you got for me? I don't know if I qualify for the the prize, but I believe DJ Doug Danson might might have to <laughs> put that name down. Might put that I, name I, I would survey. imagine I would imagine that name just within itself would get a kind of a sneak. Oh, who am I drawing here? Oh, DJ Doug Danson. Congratulations. I know I would kind of. Oh, I realized I didn't do the music. We're still getting used to some of this new stuff we're putting on the show. I didn't do the uh, the rejoin music. I can do it now. I can cheat. I forgot about that too. Yeah, all right. DJ Doug dancing on the ones and the twos. Okay, I can barely comments. hear it, but it sounds it sounds pretty good though. But yeah, it's a little bit more upbeat. Like it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I need to turn it down a little bit. It's a little, a little hot. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so let's go to the comments here. Eric says, "I don't hate the idea of moving up, but I do feel like Mark Williams plus a wing may be better value than just Dur- Duran." I would just say, like, I think Mark Williams is going to be a good player, but I think Duran has has the possibility of being like a star player. Like, he's got that kind of potential just from from you know how how he measures out and and some of the things that he flashed in in the short time that he was that he was uh, doing it in college. I just think uh, Duran has has all the tools. Yeah, um, it it so that ultimately becomes a question: Do you want to stick around at thirteen? and keep pj washington just take mark williams and call it a day or are you willing to give up pj washington to go get jalen duran and now you you know you have your center of the future you certainly hope because nothing is a foregone conclusion in the draft but now you lose somebody that has been awesome in your small ball lineups that have always been a positive ever since mm-hmm. you know that that's the question right i i like mark williams a lot but even so, totally get the appeal for Jalen Duran. Well, and that wing that Eric mentions there could be uh, Ochai Abaji. Mm-hmm. Segway. Yeah, I didn't know if we had more comments, but I guess not. We'll go. We to do. Ochai we do. Abaji. I'll get to him yeah. on the other. But uh, but this Let's this perfectly said. This idea perfectly segues. You know, maybe maybe a Mark Williams Abaji or an Abaji Mark Williams. However, it yeah. kind of shakes out. It's it's certainly a possibility at thirteen and fifteen. Very, very real possibility. There's no doubt about it. I actually, <laughs> I think we got some important information via the ultimate mock draft. So um, we'll take a look at that and reveal what we what want happened? to going, in, going into the next segment. I, if you do, you want to get the do you want to get the Abaji soundbite ready first, and then you have some time to go look at it. Or uh, what? Yeah. Because Jeez. yeah, oh, I'm I just telling you, at it already. All right, it's, it's just, fine. Let's it, let's did, let's did listen. You see to, it? Let's see. Yeah, I did. Let's listen to Obaji. He didn't reply to me. <laughs> I, just, I just, I just saw it. I just saw it flash on my computer screen. The email came through. Saw the name. So, anyways, all right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Ochai Abaji. I asked him a question yesterday to lead things off, just about what NBA scouts or any advice that he had gotten having returned to college, what he needed to work on before entering the NBA draft after four seasons at Kansas, which is what he ultimately finished with a championship, by the way. Pretty impressive. Here's what Abaji had to say. So you stayed four years at Kansas. What was some of the advice you received about what you need to work on going into last season? And do you feel like you were successful in some of that? Yeah, um, in a way, it, was, it wasn't really anything particular um, on what I needed to work on. It was mostly just uh, being more assertive in the game, asserting myself. Um, my presence offensively and defensively, just being the aggressor out there. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly easier going back to school, not having, you know, a lot to, to improve on just everything in your game and, and not really thinking about too much. But uh, no, that was, that was the feedback I got. 
And just one more thing for me, you know, a lot of rookies and players, young players will spend some time in the G League here with the Charlotte Hornets, but you know, older prospect spent four years at Kansas. Is that something that you feel like you, you know, you want to be a part of the active roster right away? Or would you be open to going to the G League for some time? Um, honestly, for me, it's, it's whatever situation um, I fall in under. Um, obviously, you know, everyone wants to come in and make an impact um, to a team immediately, which, which I feel like I can do. Um, but, you know, certain situations play out where, you know, guys might end up in the G League. And um, for me, my attitude is, you know, wherever I am, um, that's where I'm just blessed and, and honored to play it. There, there you go. Okay, so we, we had the other question. It was worth playing. So, yeah, there you heard him talk about <clears throat> if he was told he needed to work on something. And the first question said not really anything specifically, right? Just kind of went over that. Second question, I did think that was something interesting to ask him, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't have many four-year players that might be lottery picks. We saw this with Chris Duarte being an older player just last yeah. year before Came that. made a huge immediate <clears throat> impact, by the way. Duarte. Yeah, Brandon Clark being kind of a guy. So there, there's a couple, um, but I, I guess never really too much it, in the Charlotte Hornets range, even though it, it would turn out that it would kind of happen maybe with some surprising stuff on draft night. But here, it, it would not be surprising at all to see the Hornets take Abaji. So, um, you know, maybe he would be going down to the G League, but also he's older than PJ coming in, Miles, and those guys were two-year players in college anyway. This guy's a four-year player at, at college, having won the championship. So what do you make of some of those sound bites? Anything to take away there uh, from you? Uh, well, I mean, that's what you want out of Abaji. If you draft Abaji, you want him to come in and immediately impact the defensive end of the floor. I don't, I don't know how much they'll be looking to him for offense because the Hornets have plenty of that. It might be like a Miles Bridges situation. You know, Miles came in and had a very specific role on the offensive end of the floor, corner threes, occasional putback dunks, but they were really asking him mainly to, you know, contribute. That plus some defense, I think even more so, Abaji will be asked to come in and be a primary, you know, wing defender off the bench, and the Hornets need that desperately. So I wouldn't, you know, I think there are some better options that the Hornets can explore with a thirteenth yeah. and fifteenth pick when it comes not just to the draft but to other situations. So I wouldn't necessarily be like super disappointed if Abaji ends up with the Hornets. It almost feels. I don't know why. I'm just like having dreams about a Baji in a Hornets uniform. It just feels too perfect of a of a match. Plus the Hornets, you know, MJ traditionally has liked the four year college player. So um, I don't know. It just feels like a Baji is destined to be a Hornets draft pick. I ultimately feel the same way, at least the former, what you were talking about. I would rather just take somebody else. There are going to be too many other prospects going in that range that I'd like to take over Abaji. So the thing about him, we just talked about it. The catch and shoot three was very good. It looks like that's going to translate because he took a lot of deep threes in college. I saw mm -hmm. Sam reference this stat of the athletic Sam Vecini saying that he shot 40% from threes that were 25 feet out or more, which is really impressive, but he wasn't shooting nearly as well on move from three so if you have somebody coming in and you have that specific skill set it's really important to shoot well as a role player which is what he would be drafted to do and that's great also the defensive side of things if abashi is pretty good on just an isolation defense just guarding his man but still has some problems rotating and understanding team defense that's where you kind of question okay Here's a four-year player that might have gotten better over his course at uh, over the course of the four years at Kansas as a team defender, but there's still question marks there. Being an older guy, does that mean that he's not going to get too much better? Right, like you you kind of want some of those wrinkles already ironed out, and if he doesn't have a great handle, 
you're not having him like get to the rim a whole bunch. If somebody closes out on him, you know, how how confident are you that he can dribble past a couple of guys and go dunk it on people? Just I I yeah, I'm with you. Like I would rather take somebody else at 13 or 15. And I'm just looking at these mock drafts around uh, around the way here and CBS their latest mock draft has Ochayabaji as the 13th pick for the Charlotte Hornets, as a 22 years old, Abaji should be able to slot immediately for a Charlotte team that has playoff aspirations. I mean, that's why you draft them. And then at 15, they have them taking Mark Williams. I just have this sneaking suspicion that Mark might jump up and and yeah, maybe the Hornets miss on Mark altogether, and yeah. they end up having to take Abaji at 13, and maybe uh, uh, Eason yeah. at 15. I'd be disappointed in that. I, you, well, yeah, and, and I'd. Well, you won't give and, up PJ. This is your fault. I won't. I can tell you, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed by what I'm disappointed by what just happened in this ultimate mock draft. <laughs> didn't even. It did. How, did so, didn't even. Didn't even. Uh, I think. Well, now that I look at what San Antonio wanted to, what locked on uh, Spurs, they wanted to trade up too. So there was probably there was no chance, even though they didn't reply to me. There was okay. no chance that they were. They wanted to do the same thing we were trying to do. We were competing. Yeah, so not officially giving you exactly what took place, but you can probably you gather know, it from now. Yeah, because now of you Walker's. Know. We, we, we could have divi- we could have done it because so, Walker so, didn't want to give up PJ. Yeah, that's that's right. Yes, I stand by that. Yes, I want a valuable defender. That's what I want, and I'm going to keep him. And look, it, it would it would hurt to see a possible player that we won go on the pie chart of your anger. And I am part of the pie chart. And so is locked on Spurs. How much percentage of anger do you have towards me? And how much percentage of anger do you have towards locked on Spurs? Um, it's 90% you. Okay. Uh, because it's not the Spurs fault. We had a deal in place and uh, it's 10. No, it's you 10% had a deal. Spurs you keep saying we, you had a deal. You had a deal in place. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to give up that guy. That's <laughs> I, I want to keep him. Um, and we'll see how it plays out on NBA draft night. But there's some sound bites from Abaji. Real quickly, just kind of cleaning up here. The other players that worked out that were notable. Kofi Coburn, huge monster of a man um, at Illinois, was a really good basketball player the last couple of years. I think preseason Big Ten player of the year, but doesn't necessarily profile as an NBA draft prospect in the first round, right? Production wouldn't necessarily match where he is projected to go in the NBA draft. Luka Brekovic from Davidson had an excellent second half, I believe, against Michigan State in the NCAA tournament. Just an excellent year altogether for the Wildcats. He interviewed in media availability, talked about how great it was to work out for a hometown team, and then also Trevor Keels. So it was kind of interesting, the deadline here, Doug, because yesterday was when everybody decided whether they were going to firmly stay in the NBA draft or go back to school if they had eligibility. And Trevor Keels had not officially made his mind up yet. We did have some availability there. And they were pumping these guys through real quickly on the stand, and then they were bringing them out because they had to move along. I did not get to ask the question to Trevor, what is the ultimate decision? Eventually it would come out that he's staying in the draft. And this is someone that did not perform well at the NBA draft combine, put together um, some pretty bad numbers, especially for a guard in the NBA. I do like his feel. I do think that he, I mean, he's clearly a strong guard there. Um, we saw him have some nice moments in the NCAA tournament, but is expected to go in the second round, I guess, unless he got some nice feedback behind the scenes from some teams. But yeah, it didn't test well. I thought there was a shot that Keels would go back to Duke, but in the end, he's staying in the draft. 
Uh, so the ESPN mock draft has the Hornets doing the opposite, taking Mark Williams 13, then Branham goes to 14 to the Cavs, and then Ochai at 15. So these two players is heavily targeted towards the Charlotte Hornets because they make so much sense. And, and I'll just tell everyone that right now, I'll just give you the players that are still available as of now. The the Spurs just made the ninth pick in the Locked on NBA mock draft. And I'll tell you, just to give you a little taste of what's going on here, uh, Mark Williams is still available. Abaji is still available. Uh, Branham's still available. Yeah. Chang is still available. A.J. Griffin is still available. Uh, Johnny, Which is a little surprising. I mean, yeah. not not crazy, but we're getting into that territory of he's you know who's slider. slipping right now. And I, you know, I, I don't love taking a falling star, but Dyson Daniels has not been taken in the yeah. mock draft so far. Yeah, Dyson Daniels is kind of interesting alongside Lamelo. So some interesting names, and we haven't talked about Dyson Daniels. I need to watch more of Daniels, and I need to watch more of Malachi Branham. I G will League say in the Ignite little guy, nineteen years old, yeah. point guard, uh, can do some things. I think defensively that that can help you a versatile I mean he can play a variety of roles so yeah I mean Dyson I'd love but again I'd be scared like why why would and again this is mock drafting is weird because the the guy you know people fall in love with different guys on these podcasts that I think might not necessarily happen like I want it tomorrow when we do the fun Friday show I want to look back at the mock draft history the ultimate mock draft history mm-hmm. um and and see what who we took and then you know kind of some crazy things that happened during those and, and just while we're talking about the ultimate mock draft this actually becomes a giant podcast uh, that will go on for multiple days. It's a really great way to prep for the actual NBA draft. So uh, you can actually subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft feed. Just go to wherever you get uh, audio podcasts and search Ultimate Mock Draft. Locked On does it. We do it better than anyone else. Check it out. Get subscribed um, now so that when the episodes come out, you get them. Before we move on to the Robert Ory piece, you mentioned that one mock draft having Charlotte take Mark Williams at 13, Malachi Branham goes at 14, and then it has the Hornets taking Abaji at 15. Remember how in our first mock draft we did, you wanted to take a guard and Johnny Davis at 13, and then bank on Mark Williams being there at 15 because you didn't think Cleveland at 14 was going to take a big guy because they've got seven-footers all across the board. Maybe that would be another kind of move if Branham's there from you know Branham good shooter athletic I I, you know look I need to watch more of them there's plenty of prospects I need to watch more of to be clear but with Branham like I'm feeling pretty decent about Branham maybe that would be something you want to exercise too and so if he's available maybe you take him at 13 bank on Mark Williams being there at 15 but at the same time I don't want to risk somebody else trading up to go get Mark Williams if that's the case so that's the uh, risk that you take there all right coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast we're going to be bringing you a segment from Robert Ori who appeared on the Lockdown Today podcast I think it was Lockdown Today Lockdown right, Sports Today Lockdown, subscribe Lockdown wherever today. you there get you podcasts there you go a company man Doug Branson is a brilliant one so Robert Ori a million time champ he uh, hopped on and had some conversations there. We're going to air that segment coming up in uh, coming up next on Locked On Hornets. Not before we talk about Bet Online though. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds that include.
includes this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Robert Ory, coming up next, Locked On Hornets. This is Locked On Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six. Schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Perhaps the most. Perhaps the best right time, right place player ever. Robert Ori appeared on the Locked On Sports Today podcast to discuss a couple of things. His his favorite shot ever. Um, I think talked about some of those championship teams. Doug, I think that's what's coming up in this clip. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but well, it gives Ory, you an NBA Finals preview. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's oh, been in a couple of NBA Finals, knows what he's talking about. So, uh, yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, there you go. All right, here's Robert Ori. The Golden State Warriors are minus 150, the favorites in the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. Joining me now, Robert Ory, seven-time NBA champion, is here courtesy of Bet Online. Check out Bet Online for all the up-to-date lines on the NBA Finals, Finals MVP, Finals props, and each and every game line. This is great to have you here. Why do you think, because the line has moved a little bit in, in the Celtics' favor, why do you think... There are people that like the Celtics matchup against the Warriors. Because the smart people know defense wins championships. Mm. And if you look at the Celtics team, they got two players on that team that made the all-defensive team. You know, smart, of course, defensive player of the year. But Robert Williams is one of those guys that is an eraser. He can block shots. He can, you know, you know, he can erase a lot of mistakes that you make on the perimeter. And you think about it, you got Brown, Tatum, and Smart who can get up on people defensively and funnel them to that guy. Next thing you know, it's getting blocked. And if you look at the way, you know, Harford has been playing, he's turned back the hands of time. He's blocking <laughs> shots again. So if you, overall, I think that the, 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 the Celtics is a better defensive team than the Warriors because even though you have Draymond Green, Green Clay Thompson is not the Clay Thompson of old who can do the things he used to be able to do. And, and, and so I just think that's, that's a big key for them, for the Celtics, that is. How do you see Defensive Player of the Year Marcus Smart matching up with, with Steph Curry? Is that going to be something where you see that Marcus is going to pick him up 94 feet? Like, how do you think Smart is going to approach that assignment if he does get that assignment, which we assume he's going to? But you know what? I don't think it's going to be a one-man job. If you look at the Celtics, they one, two, three are all athletic guys, and you go to the two, Jalen, and go to Tatum, they get taller. You know, it's like yeah. like the bars on a cell phone. And I think even, even though they like to do a lot of switching, I think they're 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 perfect for this matchup. It's a perfect matchup for the, for the Celtics and when they got the guards. And because you know Clay is going to be constant moving, and so sort of you know not the same as a Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero, but I think this what they just did against the Heat is like a a, a prelude to a preclude to what they're going to do. And so I think they're going to be fine defensively switching and getting ready for Steph. It sounds like you like the Celtics in this one. You know, all my Laker fans are going to be mad at me because they said you cannot <laughs> wear anything green. You can never root for the Celtics. I'm not rooting for the Celtics. You know, I, I would like to see my former teammate 
Ime Oduka win his first championship, you know, so I would like for that to happen. But, you know, I just think being the basketball mindset, I just think that there, there's a good chance the Celtics to win this thing. All right. So we have some odds here. Celtics in six is plus 375. Celtics in seven is plus 650. If people are going to bet on it, what is what is your prediction if you like Boston? Six, seven? Hey, you know what? If you, you try to make some money, right? <laughs> that's why you that's why you gamble. And so I would go with the Celtics in seven because I think the Celtics have been a battle-tested team on the road. They've won a lot of games on the road. They just won the Eastern Conference on the road. And so I think they're ready. I'm not saying everybody would say, well, the, you know, the Heat is a different monster than, you know, the Warriors and blah, blah, blah. But I still think it all boils down to having confidence and playing well on the road and, and believing that you can win on the road. There has also been this discussion now, especially among Celtics fans, about what this Celtics team has had to face, what, particularly who had Jason Tatum has had to face. Kevin Durant in the first round, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the second round, Jimmy Butler on a heater, no pun intended, for Miami, and now... Steph Curry, you're talking about at least three Pantheon guys, guys who are all-time great players. Who do you think has the most on the line legacy-wise in this series? For whom would that one title, you won seven, who would that one title mean the most for? You know, I'm, I'm going to go off script a little bit, and, and, and I, I'm going to stop people from thinking this is going to be the greatest run ever by the Celtics. That's not true, because you got Hornet set, Carmelo. You got Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley. You got Dennis Rodman, uh, MVP, David Robinson. You got Shaquille and Penny. Now, that is the greatest run in, back in 95. So when people say this might be the greatest run, stop it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because all these teams was 50, you know, 55, 50-plus 50 win teams. And so I just think if you, if you look at this game and you have to pick an MVP, you know, of course, it's, it's going to be it Tatum. But this run that the Celtics are on is incredible. You know, don't get me wrong because they've been able to win on the road, which is key because you have to win on the road in order to win championship. That's if, unless you have home court advantage, you protect your home court. But I just think overall, when you look at the makeup of these two teams, they're similar. You know, go to state wars. They were the Celtics six, seven years ago when they first entered the playoffs. And nobody thought they could win a championship. Next thing you know, they win a championship. In the following season, they win all these games and don't win a championship. And then they get KD and they win two more. But I think if you look at the Celtics, there are so there are so many similarities with these teams that people are always going to say, "Oh, let's go with the veteran leadership. Let's go with the fan favorite and Steph." You know, this thing, this thing about because everybody wants Steph to win because we know he got robbed one time with the MVP in the finals, and then he take he took a step back and let KD come in to his team, which is Steph's team, and take two MVPs. And so I, 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 I do think Steph has a lot to prove, and his legacy is on the line when it comes to this because, you know, all the chatter now is about him not having an MVP in the finals, which we all know he was robbed of one, so let's, let's be real about that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at these MVP odds as you're talking about the MVP and, and we expect Curry and Tatum right at the top in terms of the odds. You're not getting really good value there. I'm looking at Jalen Brown, 10 to one. Yeah. I'm looking at Draymond 22 to one. Like if he really turned it up defensively, people forget in that game seven against the Cavs, he had a triple double in that game. He was the best warrior on the floor in that game. I'm looking at Marcus smart at 40 to one. It seems like you you can get some good value and we've seen, including in this Warriors run, that it's not always the stars who win these finals MVPs. It's true. You know, for me, if 
if I want to take the odds, I'm, I'm going to eliminate the top three automatically. And I don't, I don't think Clay is, you know, you know, Clay is a game five, game six type of player. But me, I would go with Andrew Wiggins. If I had to mm. pick someone with the odds, I would go with Andrew Wiggins, who was 20 to one. And think about it, he has started to come into his own. Yep. He, after that dunk on, <laughs> on Luca, all of a sudden this dude is smiling big. He's, he's enthusiastic. He's playing hard and he's an all star. You know, I think some people forget he was an all star. I think this is a good way in the biggest stage to show everybody that the all star uh, committee didn't make a mistake. So if I had to take all the, because I don't think Draymond Green, he, don't shoot, he doesn't shoot enough. And he's going to have to guard too many people. So he's going to be all over the board that. So if you look down that list of people and you want to say odds maker, to me, I would take Andrew Wiggins 20 to one. That is, I, I mean, that, that's bold. I love it. Uh, I think you're right that that he he seems to be a different player. Just in the Warriors, just in Golden State, he seems to have been unlocked a little bit, whether that's Steve Kerr, whether that's just him feeling more comfortable. We're talking about legacy. And you have been on some teams that have gone on these multi-year runs that have been what we, we might consider dynastic, right? There have been some discussions here. If the Warriors win one, that because it's the Clay, Steph, Draymond core with Steve Kerr, that this has to be considered part of the Warriors run and that we have to call them a dynastic team. Where do you fall on that discussion? If they win one, are they a dynasty? You know what? It's, it's, I will put them in that category as a dynasty. You know, if you, if you, because they was riddled with injuries right two years clay was out and steph went out you know you, you say okay we'll give them we'll give them a phil jackson asterisk by those two years but they able to get back to the mountaintop and win this year i would put them you know you got one more step be a dynasty and then if they go to the finals again then i would give them a dynasty but you know think about this they gave us a dynasty in the lakers we won three in a row and next thing you know they dismantle the team they go back and lose it's considered a dynasty so you know if you to me there's only been you know, three dynasties in this Bulls, the Celtics and the Lakers, because they're a situation where they went six plus championships. You know, I, I, that's what you look at. But in this day, in this era, you can give them a dynasty. I think I think you I, I, I would I would consider the Spurs, the Tim Duncan, Greg Popovich Spurs in that mix, but they never won back to back titles. And so it depends on how you want to qualify it. Sustained yeah. success, not always enough. I, I think if you're a Boston fan, you're going why can't we have that sustained run? We've got these two young superstars, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, who's coming into his own a little bit defensively. It seems like they've unlocked some things with him as their pure point guard in initiating offense because he doesn't have to create for everyone. They've got Tatum and Brown who can create for themselves. I mean, this, what, what do you think the chances are that they could be not the next dynasty, but the next team that you have to deal with in the Eastern Conference? Like, okay, they're going to be there every year until further notice. You know, I, I think you look down that line and you says, okay, Tatum, first team, Max, Brown, Max, Smart, Max. These are super max contracts these guys potentially can get. Right. So now, we're, you know, if you, since I cover the Lakers, the Lakers got $40 million guys, three forty million guys, they can't get nobody else on the team unless they do some hell of a drafting, you know, and, and they get those guys that's going to be there. But it boils down to payday, man. If you're going to stick around and get paid or you're going to have that one falter and say, oh, you know, we didn't win a championship. We need to make a move because, you know, they exploited us in this area. We need to get someone in and they trade one of those guys. You know, people do dumb things like that. Well, GMs, I should say. So 
I think they have the potential to make a long run. This is going to have to stick together and do what a Tim Duncan would do and say, you know, what, I'm going to take less money. So you can sign a Tony Parker, you sign a Manu Ginobili. But are these guys now, you know, selfless enough where they say, hey, you know what? I don't want to make 40 million. I make 30 million. You know, I, I don't think so. I think every now, every guy now is trying to get their bag so they can say, you know what? At one point in my career, I was making 50, 40 million, whatever it may be. So I don't, that's going to be the key though. It boils down to money. If they can keep that team together. All right. Not a finals question, but I can't talk to big shot Bob and not ask you this question. Which of your big shots is your favorite? You know, um, I grew up a Lakers fan, a huge Magic Johnson fan. And one of my biggest thrills before I even made to the NBA, I got to play one-on-one with Magic when I was being scouted by the Lakers coming out of college, coming out of University of Alabama. So the shot I made against the Sacramento Kings in 2001 to win that game is probably my favorite. And I, don't get me wrong, I love what I did in Houston. I love what I did in San Antonio. But everything I did in, in San Antonio was on the road, game five on the road. But this was at home in Staples Center. And the ego comes into play where you want to hear that crowd chant your name, man. And you run off the court and the crowd still chanting your name. You're in the locker room. You can still hear them chanting your name. So I think that shot, it, it, it takes over all the other shots just for the ego. You know, we are all as athletes got some type of ego. And I think for me, that just takes over because I had the Laker fans chanting my name. They weren't chanting Shaq. They weren't chanting Kobe. They were chanting Ori. So that's a big plus for me. All right. Excellent shot, Bob. Excellent stuff from him. Love the last question, too. And that shot, remember, that was them against the Kings. That's Vlade Divac, former Charlotte Hornets, by the uh, Hornet, by the way. Vlade Taps Vlade. it out. Yeah. Tried to tap it out because he couldn't get the rebound. So does the next best thing. It goes riding right into the shooting pocket of Robert Ory who just drains it, and that was to allow the Lakers' run to continue You know, to 0-1-0-2 as they won three championships in a row. That was after um, you know, they had beaten the Pacers for the first time, finally got to the championship hump in 2000, and Robert Ory is able to continue that, hitting just another huge shot. So you know, just a little former Hornet there, tapping the rebound out, trying to keep it away from Shaq. My favorite shot, real quickly, is... I remember watching NBA Jam Session. I watched it a million times. It came out like the early 90s. My brothers had it. So I put it in the old VHS, and I watched it a million times. One of the highlights of part of their dunk B-roll was Robert Ory slamming it with two hands, it bouncing really high up off the back of the iron, and then he hangs there for like three seconds, grabs it behind him, and then slams it again, which I don't think is allowed, but I my only reference is the video, the highlight. So I don't know if it ever counted. I'm gonna say it probably didn't. But tougher that was than the, the tougher shot. than the Vince Carter reverse 360. It's hard. I've tried it. It's really <laughs> tough. I've tried it. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for joining us. Talking a little NBA mock draft. It's Fun Friday tomorrow, so we do appreciate you joining. And then make sure you check that out. Uh, we'll be going live. We've been doing live Fun Fridays for a while now. So uh, Fun Friday, we'll be doing that once again come tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now make sure you check out Locked On NBA from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. NBA Finals game one tonight, too, so we can have a recap for that uh, tomorrow. Also, David, I think, is going to join us. We'll have plenty to get to tomorrow on Locked On Hornets.